With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at SnapOutOfItRadioNetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio show. And it's a lovely show today because I'm at Mission Beach, which is halfway between Cairns and Townsville in Queensland, Australia, at one of the most beautiful places in the world and it's just incredible. I really should do this more often. And the great thing is, is I can still do radio shows and other things from here and uh So I'm having a wonderful time. I really, really am. And I hope that everybody's Christmas preparation is going along really well and that you're going to be spending time with loved ones and people that are safe, supportive, loving and real for you. And that's what it's all about. So today's show is a question and answer show. And I wanted to address one of the questions that I receive a lot And I'd really been meaning to address this along the way and was getting other questions out of the way. And then this question came up quite a few times again this week. So I thought that it was time to get onto it. This question is, this universal question is, am I the narcissist? I really cannot tell you how many times I've received that question in an email or people in the NARC Facebook group have put up that question and wanted to know the answer. So that's what I'm going to address today in this radio show, and I think it might be very, very helpful if you've ever wondered that. And also, too, even if you haven't wondered that and been in a narcissistic abusive relationship, it's going to shed a lot of light for you. So by releasing this show today, you're going to be able to understand the two major components that identify any individual as narcissistic. You will also understand why you believe you may be narcissistic and how narcissism is projected onto you. So this show potentially, if it really does relate to you, can hand you an important key in order to be able to get clear, remove the fog and claim your true self, nature, values and life. Okay, so... The thing is that when we're in narcissistic relationships, it's an understatement to say that we are incredibly traumatized and confused. 
And one of the very common components is, is that you're going to hear over and over your faults, where you're wrong in the relationship, what the narcissist isn't happy about, what you're not giving him or her, and that you are the one with the issues and that you are the bad person that apparently does all of the things that the narcissist does. And even though you're going to be aware, logically, that the narcissist is doing things such as lying or being pathological or being manipulative, and you're going to be accused of those things. You're going to be told you those things, and any little example about you is going to be used as a benchmark to really uh, show you as far as he or she is concerned, that you are these things. Now, logically, you're going to see how that's not quite fitting and how there's injustice and how the comparisons don't even weigh up. But eventually, it's very, very natural to internalize these constant accusations. Additionally, you know you are severely mentally and emotionally unwell. You know your emotions are in tatters, you know your mind feels fried and it is virtually impossible to feel okay, trust yourself and know what is or isn't true for you anymore. So that may be where you're at at the moment or maybe you've come out of that but you're still in the obsession about all of that and you're still wondering who you are and where you fit into this picture. So what I want to run through with you is, is what constitutes being a narcissist? Because this is very, very important information. Now it's really important to realize that no matter how confused and anguished you are presently feeling, and no matter how much the narcissist has made out that you are narcissistic, that two simple questions will allow you to realize whether or not, point blank, you are narcissistic. So the first question is, do you have a conscience? And what this question means is, are you capable of purposefully lying, deceiving, and doing stuff, things, that you know is malicious, that you know lacks integrity, and you know it harms other people. Do you have the ability to secure your own agenda regardless of the methods that you use to accomplish this? Knowing that you're lying, knowing that you're deceiving, knowing that you're doing malicious acts, whether or not people, people are or aren't going to find out about it. Okay, having a conscience doesn't mean well, I can do this sort of stuff as long as I'm not caught. Doing a, having a conscience means I couldn't do that. I just can't do that. And I think the thing is, is, you know, people that are deeply spiritual and they understand universal law, well, for a start, you really realize that if you're going to put out that energy, if you're going to do those sorts of things, that it's only going to come home to sender. It's only going to hurt you. You know, that's the knowing about oneness, that when we're all one, that if you lie to people, if you do the wrong thing to people, you're actually doing it to yourself. 
because there's no separation between them and you. So, you know, we may look at the religious version of conscience, which is thou must not do whatever, or we can look at the spiritual energetic law of conscience, which is it is an impossibility to purposely do conscienceless behavior because you know it's only going to come back and it's only going to come back to sender. Not even in that so much people are going to do it to you and they are. If you're going to dish it out, you're going to get it back. But also too, that the consequences of those actions have to come home to sender. Somewhere, somehow, we all have to meet our integrity. So now the thing is that you may have in the relationship with the narcissist, absolutely, you may have done stuff because you're trying to combat in order to survive. And what that means is, is that you've got nasty. It means that you may have used some tactics. It may have meant that in broken, powerless states that you have actually stooped, said things, done things that when you look in the mirror, it's really hard to face yourself about. Now, I don't want you to look at that because we know you've done that or if you've done that. And actually, what is more likely that you haven't done that and you've actually been trying to push down the narcissist's throat that you do have integrity. You've been trying to defend your integrity and you've been righteous about it and you've wanted the narcissist to actually approve of your levels of integrity, which the narcissist won't do when they're projecting his or her unhealed parts onto you. That's just not going to happen. But if you have stepped outside of integrity because you're in a war zone, you're trying to survive, and you've become so broken that you don't love or like yourself. And when we don't love and like ourselves, we don't act in integrity. You may have done that. So this question to you is not have I stepped over the line now and if you have stepped over the line, you're not capable of doing what the narcissist can naturally do because you've naturally had a conscience. What I want you to think about is your life, your normal everyday life without narcissistic abuse. Okay, do you have a conscience? All right. And that's really, really important because the thing is, with anybody that doesn't have a conscience, you really are looking at narcissistic behavior. That's the reality. That's the point blank truth. Okay. So the second point is, is do you have empathy? And this means real and genuine empathy, not simply feigning concern and attention towards others in order to win supply, such as approval, acclaim, recognition, favors, okay, or even love, okay, because that is the narcissist's domain, that I give to get. So do you truly feel others' pain? Do you feel it? Do you have empathy for it? Do you seek to help others, not from a position of wanting to feed your ego, not to be wanting to told people to tell you how great you are, how wonderful you are, how fabulous or talented you are? Do you just simply want to make a difference? 
And this may be as simple as helping an old lady cross the road or sitting with your child and truly empathetically listening with your focus being on your son or daughter without making it all about yourself. Do you go to people's aid or feel their pain without thinking what payoff, recognition or outside approval can I get from doing this? So are you genuinely able to care about others and want to improve their life without any payoff for yourself? Because that's what genuine empathy is all about. Genuine empathy is about having concern for others without having an agenda for yourself. And again, when we look at spiritual oneness, when we look at law of attraction, when we look at oneness, that when you want to give and be present to others, you actually are giving and being present to yourself. It's actually the illusion of separation. There's you, there's me. We're not one we're not connected, it's the illusion that creates the narcissistic behavior of I am giving to you in order so you will give me something to make me feel more special, more whole, more real, more able to accept and like myself. That's the illusion of separation that's playing out and that is what narcissism is about. It's about spiritual detachment from oneness, from self-love, from self-acceptance and from connection to all that is. So when you're in a spiritual sense of oneness, you know that by giving to others, there is no need of payoff because you're actually giving to yourself. There's no separation. It's all the same thing. So it's really, really important to understand the difference between conscience and conscienceless and empathy and giving to get. There's a very big difference. The truth is, if either of these two human qualities, having a conscience and being able to be genuinely empathetic are missing, then absolutely narcissism is a play. Now, you may want to, if you know that there are a lot of times that I give to get, I'm going to be really honest with myself, there are times that I've strayed outside of uh, integrity and I've done conscienceless behavior. What you really, if you want to heal and you want to be a true self and you really want to genuinely be able to love and accept yourself, you need to accept those parts of you and you need to heal them. Because until you start being real with yourself in life, you're not actually going to get the real results from life. Because life is you. There's no separation. Okay. So even though you have lost yourself in a narcissistic relationship, don't forget who you are. Yes, you are tormented now. But remember your essential nature. You will know at a deep inner level if you possess a conscience. And if you are generally empathetic... And you will also know at a deep inner level if you've lost those aspects of yourself or you haven't been giving them enough attention that you can forgive yourself for who you have been. You can heal that. You can, can come back to true self and genuinely establish those values within you. Now, if you are not narcissistically personality disordered, you have got the ability to do that. 
And I'll get into a little bit of that later if you are and if you aren't. Okay, and the difference between you and a narcissist. Okay, maybe it is really hard to be these qualities now to be to love yourself enough, to be whole enough, to be full enough, to feel your conscience and feel that you can be genuinely empathetic and loving because you feel so poisoned with the anger, the injustice and the feelings of betrayal and the pain that you suffered in this relationship. The truth of the matter is everybody, everyone, without exception, has the potential to act narcissistically. It truly is a part of the human condition for anyone who does not have a full and solid sense of self. For anyone who is out of that oneness, especially the oneness with self, you can't be at one with life and others until you are at one with self. And if you stepped out of that oneness, well then that's when the ego comes in. That's when separation comes in. That's when fear comes in. That's where survival programs comes in. And that's where I have to pit myself against life and others in order to survive. Now, narcissistic behavior is those survival programs of trying to survive. And all narcissists are deeply entrenched in those programs. Or it's also and also it is trying to gain a sense of self through stuff and other people. So then it all comes back to that forward, full and solid sense of self, that oneness with self, which is self-love, self-acceptance, warts and all, faults and all, past and all, previous programs and all, to come home to truly, truly loving and accepting self and partnering self to create a better life. That's the fullness. That's a solid sense of self. Now, when we don't have that, what we are trying to do is gain that, gain that peace, gain that wholeness, gain that love, gain that relief of the emptiness through stuff and other people. Now, narcissists are doing that constantly and you may absolutely, because you haven't established that sense of self, because you have also uh, suffered great damage to that sense of self, in your narcissistic relationship, then comes the neediness, the panic of trying to gain your sense of self through stuff and other people. And it is a way of trying to grab hold of approval, validation, self-love and self-worth before we genuinely come home and learn how to be this commodity to ourselves. So abused codependence, or codependents that are feeling especially needy and fearful and narcissists can actually look identical on the surface. The narcissist is always empty and tormented on the inside and absolutely is detached from oneness, from self-love, self-acceptance. So he or she cannot hold up the veneer for long the veneer of oneness and a sense of self and the cracks are going to appear and the narcissistic behavior is going to break loose. And when that narcissistic behavior breaks loose, for those of you that do know the checklist and do know the behavior, you know what that's all about. Now the codependent has always struggled with a sense of self 
but he or she does have the inner resources of decency and integrity and he or she does possess a conscience. And this is why the codependent in everyday life does not act in the malicious ways that a narcissist does. Okay, a codependent in the emptiness may meet people and may think, well, how can I be in order for you to love me? That's what the codependent may think, whereas the narcissist is more likely to meet people and think, how can I appear to you in order to get from you what I want? So the narcissist is actually always making it about him or herself. Whereas the codependent is more likely to make it about other people. The codependent, somewhere in their background, has been hurt and says, well, if I just love you and I just give it to you enough, you can love me. I can get love for myself through you. Whereas the narcissist is saying, well, I've been hurt and I've been damaged in my past. Now, because of that, I'm not going to trust anybody. I'm not going to trust. It's me against you. I will retain myself and I will do whatever I need to do to get from you what I need from you. He's made it, he or she, has made it all about him or herself. So what happens is when codependents are especially broken and needy and frazzled, we can call it abused, and narcissists can look like narcissists. Absolutely. So even though the codependent doesn't act like this in malicious, conscienceless ways, codependents actually have a conscience. Narcissists don't. However, when a codependent is narcissistically abused, the fearful and empty wounds are ripped open and he or she can become manic, panicked and try to control his or her environment in order to get some sort of relief and inner stability. And that's what happens when we're not a full and solid sense to ourselves, when we're not in control of ourselves, we seek to control the outside. And that's when everything gets really, really messy. So the codependent in this phase can seem disjointed, angry, irrational, unreasonable, and incredibly controlling. And when we lose ourselves, when we don't have that sense of healthy, deep inner self, well then we are like ourselves. And then the inner critique starts. The inner self-blame, the I'm hopeless, I'm useless, why can't, all of those awful yucky things. Now the reality is with all of that, it's got to be projected somewhere because it is too painful. So this is where codependents can start kicking the dog. They can start taking it out on other people they may not be able to put it at the narcissist because the narcissist will make mince meat out of them and abuse them further. So they may find that innocent people are copying that, which is narcissistic dumping, but it does not necessarily mean that you are a narcissist. It means that that lack of self-love and self-acceptance, which equates to inner torment, it is so painful, you've got to dump it somewhere. So... When the codependent has reached a certain level of self-disintegration, which means not disconnecting from abuse and not healing and not looking after self and not becoming a source to self, 
it is very, very easy for the narcissist to scapegoat him or her. It is very easy for the narcissist to actually use that to his or her advantage. And the thing is, the narcissist is, sorry, the codependent is going to want to cling. They're going to want to attach. They're not going to want to let go. They're going to keep coming back and back and back and back. And the narcissist can keep blaming them, abusing them, lining them up, and refusing to take responsibility. So when we are suffering from not yet having an established sense of self, and if we have poor boundary function, which means I'm going to allow this to happen, rather than stop, detach, pull back, and come home to me. That enables us to stay attached to people who are highly abusive. And then we lose more pieces of ourselves, then we lose the plot, and we become very, very sick. And that's the reality. This does not, however, mean that you are a narcissist. If you have a conscience, if you have the genuine resource of empathy, you are not a narcissist. So no matter how crazy you may feel right now, no matter how toxic, angry, deranged and distraught you are, you need to keep coming back to those questions regarding having a conscience and being able to be genuinely empathetic because within those questions lie your answer. The answer to the question, am I a narcissist? Okay, so now we're going to have a look at the narcissist projections. And it's vital to understand the following, that the narcissist does not love and accept him or herself. The narcissist is a split self. So any healthy human being on the way to establishing a healthy sense of inner self does the work to fully, unconditionally and love and accept themselves completely. And this means the good and the bad about oneself. This means the recognition that you're human, you have only ever been doing the best you could with the inner resources you had at the time and the level of emotional intelligence that you had established at the time. Fully, unconditionally loving and accepting ourselves means being able to take full responsibility without deflections and without excuses to recognize, embrace, accept and own and forgive the painful parts of ourselves in order to heal them and transform them. Now, an individual with narcissistic personality disorder has completely rejected self-love and self-acceptance and certainly does not apply it. He or she has numerous disowned painful parts. Now that is the human condition. The narcissist is no different to you and I on that. But what the narcissist has done is set up avoiding those unhealed paths at any and all cost. And this is why he or she has created a false self a grandiose version of self that is not real, it's not genuine, it's a creation of how great the narcissist is, how special they are, <clears throat> how unique they are, how above reproach they are, how perfect they are. It's an ideal of perfect. And this false self is defended mercilessly 
and the painful inner part that the narcissist has no intention of looking at, embracing and transforming because they're too painful. For the narcissist to say that I'm not perfect, that I have faults, that I have stuff, feels like emotional annihilation for the narcissist. It's like admitting that they're a failure, they're no good, and it feels like death to a narcissist. So the establishment of the false self is put up in front of those unhealed parts and will literally fight to the death to protect those unhealed parts. So this is why the narcissist, whenever there's any uh, questioning, whenever there's any investigation or uh, need for recognition of their unhealed parts or they pop up to the surface, which is regular because the thing is in life when we have disowned parts, they are always erupting to the surface because they are meant to be healed. They're meant to have our attention. They're meant to be embraced. They're meant to be loved. They're meant to be fully accepted and they're meant to be transformed. Now, when that's not happening, these unhealed parts, they're pain. They're emotional self-identity pain. They are going to keep erupting to the surface. So this is happening for the narcissist at a regular basis. And this is, this is where the narcissist has severe issues with being accountable, admitting he or she has behaved poorly, has faults, is wrong, and the narcissist has extreme difficulty in being genuinely remorseful or taking responsibility. Because for the narcissist to admit they are wrong and go to that space and have others see it, know it, which others see and know all the time, and the narcissist actually makes it worse by trying to cover it up because it becomes even more apparent. But the narcissist the narcissist doesn't believe he or she can accept him or herself, warts and all. And this is why the narcissist doesn't believe anybody else can love them unconditionally either. Because until you've learned to love yourself unconditionally, warts, bolts, negative programming, things you've done, everything, until you can love and accept yourself at that level, why would you believe, if you've self-rejected yourself at that level, why would you believe that anybody else can accept you being wrong and accountable and remorseful and humble either? You can't. So that's why it gets defended. So what happens is the narcissist is going to project onto you those unhealed parts those parts of him or her that can't be self-accepted. They have to go somewhere. They're wrong. They're not true self. They're an, an, an abnormal... I can't say the word. They're, an, they're abnormal. How about that? I'll do that. They're abnormal. So the narcissist has to project them out, has to get rid of them. So this is why you are the cause of the problems. This is why it is all your fault. Why the narcissist is feeling like this is all your fault. So this is why all narcissists create terrible smear campaigns while you're in the relationship and also after the relationship finishes. Now, the difference between what a smear campaign is, a smear campaign is lies. 
purposeful lies to discredit people. Okay? Now, you describing what the narcissist has or hasn't done to you to other people, even though you staying stuck in the story is not healing you, and of course you need to move past that, but you will probably have only been discussing the truth. The narcissist has made up a heap of lies to be able to escape self-acceptance as his or her own unhealed parts. It had to be your fault. So, so these unhealed parts as a narcissist and ourselves, all of us, absolutely, they're unnatural. They are not love. They are fear. They are pain. They are not aligned with true self. And all of our unhealed parts are intensely painful. And they erupt for all of us until we go home to unconditionally loving and accepting ourselves, warts and all, and we partner with our inner child to help heal her or him with love and total acceptance. And until we do that and until we're comfortable with that, we cannot be authentic and real to ourselves and we cannot be authentic and real to others or life. And love is authentic and real. We can't love ourselves, we can't love, love others, and we can't attract real, authentic love as well. It's really, really important. So the narcissist, because of the complete fear of emotional annihilation and rejection and abandonment, if I accept and expose my unhealed parts, take responsibility, be remorseful, if I do wrong, if I be imperfect and others see that, they're going to reject me, they're going to hate me, they're not going to love me. So this is the narcissist's incredible fear of annihilation. So rather than go to that option, which when we all do to non-narcissists, when we actually do go to that option and we do heal and love and accept ourselves at that level, we absolutely understand that people adore us for being real. Real is very lovable. And if they don't, well, then they're not the right person for you, you know? But you are totally acceptable and lovable, real, warts and all. That's the most lovable you'll ever be. So the narcissist has two options to escape doing his or her intense emotional agony. He or she is going to seek a feed of narcissistic supply from outside of him or herself to try to prop up his or her false self again. So when the narcissist is in intense inner pain and agony, he or she is going to go for supply. That's going to be one of the tactics. And that supply is going to be, aren't I special, aren't I incredible, aren't I amazing, haven't I got all your attention, I can get sex from you, you can make me feel great about me, all of those things. And that's to try to override the internal agony. Or he or she will have to line someone else to dump the emotional torment onto. So if you are being narcissistically abused, you're going to receive the pain of both of those forms of abuse. The betrayal of the conscienceless behavior the narcissist does outside of the relationship, behind your back, in order or even in front of you, to get a narcissistic speed of supply to try and stop his or her inner torment. And you're also going to receive the blame shifting and the condemnation of the narcissist's disowned parts onto you, which is telling you you're the bad person, you don't have a conscience, 
your all the things that the narcissist is actually doing. So I want to talk to you about taking responsibility because it's really so important. And traditionally, whenever I've written articles or I've done radio shows about what the narcissist does or how he or she thinks and behaves, this creates an energy from the audience and posts on the blogs going into detail about what the narcissist did and what they endured as a result of this behaviour. And I really do want to discourage this. This article is coming out this week. I want to discourage this adamantly because we all know what narcissists do. And I promise you that from this side of the fence, the stories are almost always virtually identical. Narcissists do the same stuff in the same ways because they are an empty self who has numerous disowned parts that they don't want to embrace and heal and love. And therefore, they're going to behave in conscienceless ways. All narcissists do the same stuff. And all, the narciss- all narcissists are the model of, I have been hurt. It's now all about number one, and I'll pit myself against the world in order to get my needs met. And everyone else comes off second best. That's just how it goes down. So please know, I don't want to hear your st- war stories on the blog about how your narcissist played this out. And the reason is, because I've heard it a thousand times before and I don't want to say that as being not empathetic. I totally am. But I'm empathetic in that I know it does not serve you to keep going on in the story. None of us have ever got well or healed our own unhealed parts, which we have too, by staying focused on what the narcissist did. So the reason that I wrote this article is to help break you out of the illusion that you are the narcissist and to also understand the dynamic of how that has been projected onto you and why you have felt like the narcissist or questioned yourself because the narcissist disowned parts have been projected onto you. And by eliminating this illusion, am I the narcissist? can really help lead you forward into your own self-healing. Your healing now is about taking responsibility and fully claiming and embracing that it was your own unhealed part that led you into a relationship with a narcissist. However, if you possess a conscience and you know you do genuine empathy, you are not a narcissist. And you do, however, need to realize that it was your design parts, the parts that you didn't like about yourself, your own lack of self-love and self-acceptance that caused you to lack boundary function because you didn't have a solid sense of self. And therefore, you were looking to the outside for love and security of self rather than being that true healthy source to yourself that you could then share and combine with somebody genuinely. Now, the narcissist wasn't a match for that. Absolutely, because people have said to me too, what if I change? What if I became this? Would that just heal him or her? If they're a narcissist, no. It's a lost cause, okay? For a non-narcissist, for two people taking responsibility to be self-love and self-acceptance to themselves, there is enormous potential for a wonderful love relationship. 
And it is about getting out of codependency. And that's what codependency is all about. It's about seeking to get from the outside what we are failing to grant ourselves. So all the narcissist's perceptions of you are what the narcissist doesn't grant to self. All your perceptions of what the narcissist is doing to you is all those things that you are not granting to yourself. The responsibility starts at home. And that's what painful relationships are all about. They show us the unhealed parts that we have not yet taken responsibility for. Now, you are not responsible for the narcissist's unhealed parts. You are only responsible for yourself. And when you take that responsibility for self, then you are much more likely to be with someone who also can take responsibility for self. And what they showed us, these unhealed parts, they showed us what we had not as yet learned or applied to love and totally accept ourselves unconditionally. Wounds and all, faults and all, humanness and all. We hadn't loved and accepted the things that weren't working for us in order to transform them. So I hope this show has really, really helped you identify and get clear. And also, too, about once you are clear, getting your focus off the narcissist as much as you possibly can so that you can really work with getting your focus on healing self. And it is all about, too, totally surrendering to yourself, being real with yourself, and loving and accepting yourself warts and all. Because that's the only way you're going to heal it and that's the only way you are ever going to be unconditionally and genuinely loved by another is to become that source to yourself first. So I hope that's really, really helped. So I have to say it. I have to gloat. I'm back off to the pool. It's a hard life. And lots of love, everybody. And I'll be talking to you next week. Okay, bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.